Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to Supercoach Edge. Well, we've finally made it to episode three of our practice Oof. match series. Our analysis, our insights, everything. This is just, we're going back to back to back, Liam. The first team to go back to back to back. They're three Peters. They are remarkable. Three Pete. This is the three Pete, exactly right. And if you've managed to listen to or watch on YouTube these episodes back to back to back, let us know in the comments uh, because you deserve some sort of medal. Purple heart, maybe. Oof. It's because of your courage. Uh, amazing. But if you've landed here, uh, but you've missed episode one and two, go back and listen to it. Watch us on YouTube because we covered over 60 players across those two episodes alone. And this episode, Liam, I think it rounds us out to, what was it, 96? 90, 93. 93. I've over, overestimated there. Just, 93 uh, players. <laughs> 93 players. Wow. And I was just chatting uh, before this episode. In comparison, our preseason analysis episode, this time last year, we analyzed nine practice games, but only chatted mm. about 53 players. So we've, we've gone next level. We've almost doubled it, Liam. That's just yeah. insanity. It's, it's what are we huge. thinking? What do you think? We huge. need to be committed. We need to be committed. We do need to be committed. For, we need to be committed um, off the back of our commitment to the cause. Yeah. Yes. Um, Crazy. But I think it also kind of shows the fact that this year it's going to be quite variable. Like mm. there's quite a lot of variability in the teams that you can start. And I think there's a lot of plays that we're talking about. There's been very few that I think we've ruled out when we've spoken about them and said, don't touch them. Yeah. Um, there's quite a lot that we said, you know, their pods, you could pick them, but there's also been a few that we've said, Hey, they're not bad. Mm. Um, very few that we've just said outright, put a line through them. So it's quite interesting. Quite interesting yeah. this year. Hopefully it doesn't mean that uh, we're going to have to use bulk trades early on, a corrective yeah. trades, because we've we've missed a bolter that we've spoken about but haven't factored in and yeah, it's just going to be crazy. But anyway, let's kick it off as you yawn as we're about because yeah. it is mindful for those of you tuning in and you're thinking, why are you yawning? It is nearly 12.30 in the morning. Uh, so we're, we're committed to the cause. We've both got to work tomorrow as well, which mm. uh, again, commitment to the cause. We need to be committed. 
call up the nearest asylum, have us committed because we're, we're crazy. Ken Bruce yeah. has gone mad. Uh, <laughs> but before we kick off this episode, Liam, and, and waste any more of our own valuable sleeping time, uh, let's roll through our socials for those of you who don't follow us across our socials. Do yes. so because uh, there's um, benefits. YouTube, you'll find us at Supercoach Edge. You can like and subscribe and watch us in audio and visual formats. Uh, on Twitter, you'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge. Damon at, at DermotJ88. Myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. We're both very open to you telling us that you know, we're, that we need to be committed for, yeah. for doing this at 12.30 at and night. You'd be right. You'd be right. And you would be, yeah. Just to let us know. Let us know. <laughs> let us know what you think. And on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, you'll find us at Supercoach Edge if you, yeah, search that. Yep. So that's, we're, we're rounding into our third hour of Super Supercoach discussion. Oh, as I laugh maniacally. Going crazy. <laughs> um, but also a reminder about our Supercoach Edge group for those that haven't joined already. It's free to do so. And we have a Supercoach championship ring up for grabs for the leader come the end of the season so free to join do so via the code 249149 and also a reminder that uh, our patreon is up and running for 2023 and there are a whole bundle of extras and little bonuses to, to check out and you can subscribe and you will be supporting us by doing mm -hmm. so as well yes uh so top tier there is access to our cash league and the lower tier has a whole host of little bonuses which you can read up about at patreon.com forward slash supercoach edge if you would like to support us and be absolute champions in doing so definitely and as we've mentioned in the last two apps there's another reason to celebrate as we've smashed our 500 sub goal for youtube Woo! <laughs> that, made, that was very that was very <laughs> low i felt <laughs> but, but we are low in energy so this, we, need to conserve <laughs> we need to conserve our energy uh, that does also mean that it's time for another giveaway, which I am very excited about. I'm going to give away five free season-long entries into our Patreon. So to enter, all you have to do is comment your answer to, are we all sleeping on Max Gorn in the ruck? Ah. want to hear what you think. Uh, you can also go back to mini app. Well, I don't know if we can call them mini app. Let's call them yeah. mammoth app, number one, <laughs> and mammoth app, number two. And the answer, the respective questions in those in those pods for extra entries so tune in next week's episode uh, and you'll find out which who it is that's one, which which of which of you and the four other friends will be joining in Discord chats, and which means uh there's still time to make yourself eligible to win. All you have to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel and answer the questions. And if you want to get some extra entries, go back and, and make sure you comment on those other episodes as well. Absolutely. So let's jump in to the Giants and Gold Coast match. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. So first up, we have Josh Kelly, the Ferrari, as some call him, or the Stallion. Uh, 582.3K. And he banged out a massive one that's not just became New Zealander then, a 137, uh, finished 2022, I lost it already on the first player, finished 2022 with an average of 105.8, which is almost 12 points below his best average mm. of 117.4. Could he reach back up to those heights without Taranto and Hopper? Maybe, maybe sure, yes. maybe so, maybe so. More points to go around potentially for him. Ah, that's exactly a very good point. Historically, has never had more than 48% CBAs with greater wing time under Leon Cameron, idiot, but jumped to 76% under a new coach in Kingsley. So mm. uh, signs of positive so far. He's currently in just 3.6% of teams, so he's a nice pod for those looking to start one in the midfield. However, the key issue is that at and around his price point, 
there are probably more assured midfield options with better durability. So, yeah, I don't mind him. I don't mind him at that price point, but I just can't squeeze him in. I think he yeah. will take take another step because he's getting CBAs. He's getting getting uh, ample time in his natural position where he excels best, where Leon Cameron just needed to be committed, like us. Yeah, I I agree. I don't mind him in that in that price point. Um, it's hard to fit him in just because I don't have space. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little bit worried about his durability as well. Just as we all know, Josh Kelly is not the most durable of players. And the other thing that I think is not necessarily goes against him, but is a caveat. He mm-hmm. did have a game like this last preseason where he had an absolute blinder as well. Like I think he scored one, one forty or something, one fifty. Um, so potentially just sort of something to consider there as well. Um, that the one thirty seven is similar again to what he scored last year um, in the preseason. Um, but yeah, don't mind him. Probably not one that I'm going to pick though at this stage. Mm. Um, I just can't fit him in. But you know who I will be picking? It is mm. Tom Green, five hundred thirty four point six k mid-eligible, score of 130, which was exactly what I needed to see, Um, uh, especially considering that I think we've all been trying to talk ourselves out of him, I feel. Last week it was he had 50 50 touches in in the interim club. Is that real? And they go, oh, what? That doesn't... Chinese whispers. Yeah, was like an issue because he was playing against GWS's B-side. Like why, why? We're just talking ourselves out of it. And I think this was the first time we've really been able to say, yep, okay. We've we picked him for a reason, um, and he's he definitely deserves a spot in our sides. He's locked himself away for me, uh, with 74 percent of CBAs as well. It's well up on his season average of fifty eight across twenty twenty two, and sits around his season high of seventy eight as well. The opportunity and promising early signs are there for him, and hopefully we see him finish as a top ten mid, so we don't have to trade him out. Especially at that price, you probably are really picking him as a keeper. Mm. So just keep that in mind. Absolutely. And yeah, we're both big on him and LDU and he's just, he is, is like, they've both rounded the, uh, the straight and the, the Flemington straight mm. and he's just bolted away to be oh, a 100%. winner. Like he's just, the, the, the main query on him was his fitness. He's turned that around. He's actually dropped some, some KGs, mm. uh, looks trim in the face. You can tell he looks first good, up. Yeah. And then he had his shirt off of bloody last week after the, uh, the intra club and, Geez, he's looking a picture of fitness. Yeah. So he's very much similar to Cripps. He was uh, drew comparisons during his junior years, and for for great reason. Uh, Cripps as well. He 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 was drafted, and he himself admitted that he was carrying too much weight, dropped weight, became fit, and was an absolute contested possession beast. And I think uh, Tom Green's following that same uh, that same yellow brick road, that path, um, and it's going to lead us to, to glory. I think I've seen a little bit of discourse as well on Twitter about him and sort of saying, oh, you see his handball to kick ratio is too low um, or too high. Sorry. He's too many handballs to kicks. Um, That'll be an issue. And I think someone actually went through and sort of spoke about it in terms of um, Crips, like Crips. It Mm. was like almost identical to Crips. Um, sort of some of his stats, they actually had that his high contested possessions is what's, what's going to get him through with those, um, high handball sort of games, but I don't think it's a concern that we need to worry about with him. Um, also didn't have, I think his time on ground was not low, but was not super, super high off memory. If I mm. 
if I remember correctly. Um, but definitely, I don't think there's any red flags that I see with Tom Green at this stage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's, his kick-to-handball ratio is pretty much identical. Um, over his career to date, he's had uh, one so – for, so for every kick, he's had 1.4 handballs. Um, and then for Cripper, by comparison – has had for every kick he's had 1.6 handballs so very similar um, and we all know how Cripper can um, can score with his contested possession style um, and ability to just roam around the ground with ease so Tom Green lock and load I've lost my lock here it is lock and load Liam lock and <laughs> lock load, and load. Prop. yeah and as I said actually he did when when at 75 percent time on ground so there's still you know potential there for some yep. for some extra points. Uh, based on increased time on ground. Love it. Love it. Love it. He will be a top 10 mid and I'm going to say a top eight mid. Absolutely lock that in. Um, Let's move on to uh, another youngster uh, who's exciting for giant supporters and for us super coaches, because it is Finn Callahan. He is priced at 244 K and he smashed out a 110 impressively, kicked two goals and had 22 disposals on his way to a score of that 110. A smooth mover, almost. Uh, I've heard some people draw comparisons to uh, a young Josh Kelly, uh, such as his way uh, that he uses the ball, super clean, smooth mover, um, and has had a great preseason and looked great in this game. And he's just yet another player that presents as a good mid-price option that has increased opportunity at the Giants, courtesy of the departure of Taranto and Hopper. Highly touted, um, but uh, he's draft year as well. He had some foot issues, I think, from memory, and looks to be fighting fit. Uh, was camped on the wing uh, in this game to great effect, making his score even more impressive uh, is the fact that he was managed for minutes in the second half as well. Have the Giants unlocked the secret lamb with a tailored wingman in Finn, now allowing Kelly to move mm. into the engine room permanently. Could be a, a bit of a um, butterfly effect. Yes, 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 yes. Interesting. I He's definitely made his way into my calculations um, at his price. I mean, it's a hard one. He's going to have to average quite well to make cash, um, to make a bit more cash. I He's in my side currently, I think. He's definitely in my calculations um, I'm not sure whether he'll make, I don't, I don't know whether in round one, he'll finish start by the, sorry, the start of round one, he'll be in my side. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I've got to sort of weigh up a few options there, but I am very impressed with what I saw, um, on the weekend and definitely one to consider. I like it. Very, very nice. Moving on to Lockie Whitfield. Am I ready to be heard again by him? Oh, maybe. Oh, 473.8 K. Yeah. Mid eligible. 86 was his score. It looked actually slowed down quite a bit. He looked really good early on. Um, and his scoring slowed down quite a lot as the game went on. And that's probably for a, a good effect for us. Mm. Only played the 81% time on ground. Um, he was back to his old role, which did sort of prick the ears of a few people. And it's been touted that he'd be playing that role as a rebounding defender. And his scoring showed that he had the 25 disposals, three tackles um, that did slow. He had the 81% time on ground. Um, he will get defensive eligibility. You'd expect if that role continues in rounds uh, after rounds up to round six, and we know he has the ability to score in that position. I think it's a massive risk to pick him though. Um, he's mid only. He's an awkward price as well for a midfield role. Um, I think he's one to avoid at this stage. I think unfortunately, if you really want him, you're probably going to have to pay up when he gets that defensive eligibility. I think it's too risky to pick him as a mid. Oh, I, I totally agree because he's. 
He's taking the spot of someone else uh, of a, at an equivalent price point, like potentially Tom Green's spot. Um, yeah. And the like, like for me, I guess the only reason I can see as to why you would select him, uh, having said that, first and foremost, he's a risk. You wouldn't want to select him taking the spot over Tom Green and he gets injured and you're stuffed and having to force to use a trade. Like we know exactly, how durable, yeah. um, sorry, his issues he has with durability. Exactly. Um, but I think, yeah, the only reason why you would maybe select him as a midfielder is that you're saving a bit of coin. Um, if he increases his average, he could maybe bump up to 530, 540-odd. But even then, you're only saving about 70K. I would be prepared to use 70K uh, by downgrading a cash cow through the year in order to upgrade to bring Whitfield in. I'd like to see, first off, that he's maintaining that uh, that spot in defense as a rebounding defender. And secondly, yeah, that he's durable and he hasn't injured himself in the early rounds of the season. So yeah, I think it'd be silly to, uh, to, to really start him at this stage of the year. Yeah. Um, it should be noted, I guess that GWS do have a relatively good start to the year, um, which is probably good for all of their players in general. So just one thing to consider there, it'll, it'll benefit the likes of Tom Green, Josh Kelly and Lucky Whitfield and Cogs to an extent as well, but we'll, we'll touch on that a bit later. Uh, speaking of Cogs, let's move on to him uh, because he is the next player in our sights. He is priced at 557.7K. He did during the game on the weekend suffer a knee knock. Um, he did score 85, uh, so not too bad, but mm. uh, he was hampered by that knee knock. Uh, but we uh, have been assured that he should be okay for round one. Had low time on ground with only 60, 61%. Uh, which could be a factor of his injury. Pleasantly took 21 CBAs, which was 62% in total for the Giants, which shows he will be entrusted as a pure inside mid by Kingsley. Thank God. Uh, and not a high half forward role. And the role is there for those looking to start the big four now, uh, alongside Dunks, Taranto and Rosie. Um, but uh, I think of those four, Cogs is probably the one who will hurt you the least if you don't start him. Uh, talking in that conversation uh, that we had about uh, yeah. oh, so yeah, which a lot of people are doing as we see with the ownership um, uh, differential now um, skewing in favor of uh, of Errol and Cogs uh, decreasing. Yeah, I don't think I think Cogs is probably underpriced for his potential average as a midfielder. Mm. I just don't see him going on a run of like multiple weeks of like one thirties. Um, yeah. or 140s, it's really going to see him skyrocket, just lock dunks in. Yeah. Tim Taranto is probably, mm. it's big cogs or Tim Taranto, if you ask me, mm. that would be the ones that I would cull. Uh, yep. Rosie, I think, again, Rosie is more likely to go on a run um, of those yeah. 150s, and then that'll cause you issues. Dunks as well, potentially. I think dunks just in general, I just wouldn't, I'm, I'm too worried about not picking him. Um, but yeah, Cogs or Tim Taranto are probably the two that I would look to drop, but definitely Cogs is probably number one. And then Tim Taranto, number two, just because purely, I think Tim Taranto is that lower price. I think there's more value in him at that price. Um, so yeah, definitely it's not a bad pick, just one that I'm probably not making personally. I have had all those four as they, they were my top four mids, uh, sorry, forwards, earlier but i've downgraded cogs to to golden at this stage and and use that cash elsewhere moving on ton of connor stone rocky option 123.9 oh, very good very good did you do that deliberately yeah no actually i didn't i didn't <laughs> stone rocky Just option. Happened. very good very good 
123.9K forward eligible, 49 was his score. And he has been another rookie on the horizon for us who only managed nine disposals and a goal in limited game time. His role as a forward pocket doesn't really scream reliability, especially for consistent scoring, um, as we all know, uh, which does mean that he's probably going to be a slow burn at best as a cash cow. Given that we're not necessarily strapped for alternative cash cow options up forward at this stage, I'd probably look elsewhere. Keep him in, keep in your mindset because as we all know, and as I said in each of the other episodes, we can't, every every rookie is going to come with a caveat that we don't know what round one teams look like and you're going to have to be able to be flexible with that as as the games go on. Yep, spot on. Um, yeah, I didn't really think of him. I actually forgot all about him until yeah. I saw the... Um, the team sheets and you heard his name on the, on the broadcast and you know, that was it kind of stone. Oh yeah, that's right. What's, what's he priced at? He just hasn't been around for, mm-hmm. for a long while due to injury, but yeah, he's back. But yeah, he's scoring output doesn't really entice me at that price point compared to others. Let's move on to stupid, sexy Flanders. Sam Flanders, 256.3 K available as a mid forward. And he busted out a, an impressive one Oh one. And that's probably part of the reason why I'm now being enticed by him. That big score and the decent outing in the practice match against the Dons the week before came on the back of 30 disposals, two tackles, and 13 pressure acts. Only scored a behind and attended six CBAs, which is pleasing that he didn't really need to fill Miller's shoes in order to score, but has managed to push up the ground along the wing at stages to great effect whilst playing that high half-forward role. Um, perhaps this is a spot that suits him heading into 2023. He's awkwardly mm. priced, but his mid forward status is super, super handy. I don't think he's really a make or break player and wouldn't go upsetting your structure to get him in if you can't afford to fit him in. However, I will say he reminds mm. me so much of Will Brody in 2022, who you might need to shuffle the deck chairs to bring in if he continues such scoring into the season proper. Um, at the moment, that I will admit point. he is in my forward line. I've, I've managed to just wrangle some coin here and there by uh, shifting those deck chairs to get him in because I view him as a bit of a Will Brody or a bit of a um, uh, Mitch McGovern. Like last year, I started with Mitch McGovern. I wasn't sure whether or not to start with him or Will Brody. Stupidly started with McGovern, switched across to Will Brody uh, and uh, happy days. But this season, I'm I'm gambling with uh, Sam Flanders. Uh, we know he scored well in the VFL, uh, especially in the back half of 2022. And it looks like there's a role there for him, playing on the higher forward, but yeah. spending more time along the wing as well. So there could be a little bit of a role carved out for him, or he's carving out for himself. So consider me tickled pink. <laughs> Sexy Flanders. <laughs> I, You've swayed me here. All the sexiness has swayed you. You swayed me here, I reckon. <laughs> I was probably not, not, not avoiding him, but just not going to, Try and I'm, I need to look at my structure again, but yeah. one one that I do need to consider. I think I was it was really frustrating. I think I was really hoping that we wouldn't get enticed by him because I was kind of thought he might be a bit of a trap, especially with Took Miller not playing. But his lack of CBAs is what's kind of really positive, um, which is a really weird thing to say when you're talking about super coach scoring. Um, and roles, but the fact that he's not getting those CBAs means that he's not just scoring because of the CBAs um, that he wouldn't get when Took Miller's not there. Uh, is there? Sorry. So one that I do think you need to consider if he is a Will Brody, it's it's massive. It's massive. His Will Brody ended up being a keeper as well. Mm. So interesting. 
I think my, my plan at the moment, just talking about starting with McGovern and then I was able to trade him down to Will Brody because he was cheaper. Yeah. My other similar mindset here where Flanders is priced at 256.3K and if he falters, I am happy enough to trade him down to it's say a Harry Sheasel, yeah. who I don't have at the moment in 36% of teams. If he kills it, that'll that'll give me an instant 48K in the in the kit. Um and there's other guys as well, like Radaglia, if I don't start with him, potentially. Um, yeah. So being at that higher price point does afford you a bit of flexibility if you uh, need to trade down and, and, you know, you can afford to take a risk. So that's kind of yeah. my viewpoint at the moment, but it may change. Yeah, no, I like it. And that's that's something that is good to consider is that you can trade him down if he does fail. Moving on to Ruckman in Jared Witt, 605.1K, uh, scored 101 uh, we showed more than enough to pick him, especially coming up against a half decent ruck in Proust, who had a shocker. But I think for the other basis of giving away like fourteen million frees against. But anyway, uh, Wits Wits did did well. I think we've still we've gone over this with Wits, um, so we won't go too into it too much detail. Um, but definitely understand why some are enticed. But I think we really need to consider the fact that. <sighs> He hasn't really averaged over a hundred. I think he's only averaged over a hundred once or twice in his in his career, and he's just getting older. Um, mm. And he really got a good run last year against <clears throat> inexperienced Ruckman, um, which would be hard. But it'd be interesting to see what he could do again um, if that was to happen. I think uh, he'd need to, you know, sort of. Um, have a really good run again, um, which which would help you scoring. Um, I'd probably prefer to spend the extra seventeen k to grab Gorn if I was going up to his price. Um, if you're especially if you're prepared to fork out that much coin, um, but I think you can probably get a bit more value from some other rucks that are that are lower priced, totally like a Darcy. Well. A Darcy is probably one that's that's a good example. Yeah, I, I think I'd prefer to to pay that extra coin as well, like just to just to grab someone of the quality of yeah. Gorn. Only seventeen k, you can afford to do it. Um, Wits, we know that he's been afforded some easy uh, matchups in 2022, which kind of padded his stats almost um, mm. in a sense that uh, overinflated his average and scores, which we saw drop towards the back end of the year when he started to to face some quality uh, opposition. So I think his price point is overinflated off the back of that. So I wouldn't be selecting him at his current price point. Uh, could still, I mean, potentially finish as a top two ruck, but I think even so, he will drop in price at some point or another. So happy to uh, look elsewhere at this stage. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to uh, the next player in Ben Long, the uh, the former Saint, uh, priced at 353.9K, scored 87, not too bad. Took the most kickouts for the Suns with four, playing on from three. Uh, what are you doing, mate? Uh, so on that basis alone, he's out of my side. He's, he's not, <laughs> not infected. No. Uh, and while we've uh, seen what we can, what he can do playing in defence in 2022 at the Saints at various stages, he hasn't shown that level of scoring in his last two games. For mine, he's a miss. Uh, he's just awkwardly priced. Hasn't scored well enough to justify the risk just yet. So keep an eye on him. But again, that price point, even if you don't start with him, it's going to be hard to try and bring him in. Uh, I'm just going to just let him go. Just wave goodbye and, and watch from afar. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I don't think he's really done enough to to warrant the kick at this stage. Um, Eighty seven is not too bad, but yeah, I think you'd probably want to see something a little bit stronger from him. 
Um, moving on to another player that's playing in defense now, and that is Charlie Constable, 123.9K, defensive midfield eligible. He's got that handy DBP, and he scored 73 on the weekend. And if he's named for round one, I think he is a definite lock for your defensive line. He's taken kickouts, 25% for the Suns. He's had 19 disposals, 16 of which were kicks, which is Supercoach Gold as well. Mm. He's had 12 pressure acts. Should be a decent enough scorer with his role, and we know that he's good with uh, points per minute when he does play. Um, obviously, more so in that midfield role in the past, but um, obviously playing now as defender. We will need to keep in mind that both Weller and Powell missed this game and missed the game before, where he, where he also looked well, uh, looked good. Um, and he, they could be in the frame for round one, so we'll just have to be mindful that the role might get taken away. Um, I think he's shown enough that it's probably worth persisting with, and it, it shows that uh, I think there's also... the the sort of the flexibility in him that he can play midfield if, if needed mm. and obviously has that flexibility in the fact that he has that DPP. So he provides cover um, with the likes of a Chesser or a Gimby if one of them were to miss or if he slipped it all in a different or two, two of them in a different line. Um, so you can swap between the two, you know, midfield and forward if, if you need to cover someone. Yeah, mid, mid, mid defence. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so yeah, mid defence, yeah. There's a, there's a few there with uh, flexibility and even you'd think that Yo's going to get um, some mid-defensive uh, yeah. DPP added Early in round on. six as well. So yeah. um, it all bodes well for these these guys as well. So it adds a bit of a um, bit of security there if mm. they do happen to miss. But I think, yeah, he will make bulk cash uh, in comparison to AFL Fantasy where he's because he's considered a rookie here, but I think AFL Fantasy, he's worth about three. This is a guess, but I reckon it's around about 250 to three. I might, might be more than that, actually, because I think their rookie is mm. about 200, 200K. So I might be about close to 400 um, because it's not based upon the previous two years. Like they're factoring a few a few more seasons in order to work out the price point. So yeah, he's complete value here. So don't second guess that, especially if he's um, named for round one. Mm, uh, but the next player up for discussion is Noah Anderson, priced at 552.9K. And he had low time on ground, only played the 64% of game time and scored 71. And as such, had lower CBAs than what we might expect going into the season, uh, 16, uh, which is 47%. His game probably makes him slightly harder to pick, especially without knowing the impact that took the running man Miller has when he returns mm. and probably not beating down the door to be picked uh, off the back of this performance, but uh, probably not one to avoid either. It probably bodes well. If you've been a big fan of him, um, you know, last season and you're thinking, oh, he might be a bit of a pod, maybe makes him a bit more of a pod because people won't be going for him uh, off the back of this sort of non-standout game. Yeah. It's hard with some of the, I guess, I know he's not really a primo. He's probably like on the verge of a primo, but I feel like, those higher priced, those, those sort of players, it's hard to sometimes read them in the practice games because they kind of just don't necessarily get out of second gear. It's just about getting some touch. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think those mid price players who probably might be on the verge of, you know, a breakout um, or, or the junior juniors um, or the, you know, the, the fringe players, they're going to try quite a lot because they want to stand out in these games. So he's probably one of those ones where, like it's like a parish, it's probably like a steal. They might not get out of second gear. Um, you don't probably have to worry too much about it, but it's still it's sort of like an orange flag, I want to say. Um <laughs> sometimes with it. It's not quite the red flag, but it's it's it is it is still a concern. But I don't think it's the end of the world. Um if you feel really confident in him and you've been confident in him, then I think it's it's still okay to pick him. Moving on, Ben King returned uh from his uh 
from his ACL injury for the first time. Um, 176.3K forward eligible, obviously. He scored a 29. Only played the first half before being wrapped in cotton wool. Um, and by that logic, we can you know extrapolate out and say that he would have scored around the 58-point mark, uh, which is probably about what we can expect from him as a key forward, maybe maybe slightly high. Um, but probably expect what we can expect is an average um, from him across the season. I think there are probably better options at his price point for our forward lines. Um, but if you were to take him, he's likely a slow burn and I'd be sitting him on your bench. Um, he's going to have volatility in his scoring. So he, if he gets a couple of good games early on, he could could make some crash very, very quickly. Um, but yeah, it's hard to read with a, with a, with a key forward and especially returning from, from a long-term injury. Yeah, as you say, long-term injury, key forward and higher price point and players uh, are cheaper uh, than him. Uh, don't have yeah. to average as much to uh, to generate as, as the yeah. same level of cash as him. So, yeah, for me, I will be passing. You've also got, I guess, Marbiot Troll and um, and Kasbah also, yeah. yeah, sort of playing the role alongside him. So not going to be as, as relied upon. Spot on. Let's move on to the uh, next game, and it is the Doggies up against the uh, Roos at Icon Park. And first up, we have Tom Liberatore, mm. priced at 576.9K, and he came out with a massive 158, a massive day for Little Libba. And that comprised of 33 disposals, two goals, and 27 CBAs. So he's only currently in 2.4% of teams, and probably for good reason, because at his price point, you're really picking him as a top 10 midfielder. And when we look at his 2022 average of 105, it's really hard to see him increasing his average at 30 years of age. I mean, I think it may have been done before, maybe. I'm thinking maybe a Pendles <sighs> plays of that ilk. But, I mean, to the level of... Um, you know, he's not going to score 158. That's that's a given every single week. Um, 105. I know with him, he's kind of like a, a Jack Steele. He's he's uh, tackles, loves to loves to have a cuddle. Um, ability to rack up disposals as well. Decent user of the footy. If he is to increase 50k, for example, he needs to average 10 points above his current average, which is 104.8. Yeah. So he needs to average 114 in order to get up to 620. Six. Yeah. yeah. And his break even at this price is about 105, which is bang on his average from last year, obviously. Um, yeah. Like it's, it's going to be hard for him to score, to, to go up, as you said, in, in cash really hard, quite quickly. You are picking him as, as really a top 10 mid. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be struggled to do that. I think he'll struggle to get his average up massively from 105 to actually be someone that sits in the top 10. Yeah, and he's, he's averaged over the past few years have been 104.8, 103.3, 105, and then he had his injury issues. Uh, and then his highest that he's ever averaged was back in his third year in 2014 with 110.4. So that there, I kind of, kind of like the history speaks to his ability like, okay, it's capped at 110, but that's not going to yeah. afford him enough of a, of a rise in price to really justify the pick because I mean, <laughs> that's going to, it's going to give you, um, if he, if he increases it to 110, he's going to go up 25, 30 K or thereabouts. That's going to give you someone at the price point of 600 K. Is it really worth selecting him in order to make 30 K? No. No. Yeah. For me, for me, I agree. I wouldn't be sort of advising it um, personally. 
Um, but moving on to the next player on the list, and I think this is a player that I do advise you get in, and that is Marcus Bontempelli, 639.5K, uh, mid-eligible, scored 145. Uh, he's another lock. He had 25 CBAs, which was 64% for the Dogs, kicked two goals, had a hundred, uh, 615 metres gained, which, again, super coach, super coach gold for him. Uh, he had a great game. Hasn't left my side. Uh, and the move with Doug's moving on, it looks like he's going to get more midfield time. Um, that being said, whenever I have Bond, he never performs. So maybe you should all not, mm. not pick him. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. It's same for me as well. But I mean, having said that, he's been in our side, our sides pretty much for most, most if not all the preseason, mm. and he's done as well as he has with one forty five. So I think maybe he's over it. Maybe, maybe he's uh, maybe maybe this is it. This is the year. This is this is the year. It's, it's all coming up Millhouse. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't mind him. Uh, but moving on to the next player on the list, it is Bailey Dale, 561.1K, defender, 124. Was he scored, Damon? What are your thoughts? Yeah, 31 disposals, 22 of which were kicks, which is pleasing to see. Um, and just two kick-ins saw him fly to a score of 124. So that's uh, that's that's. That's even even better. Um, the problem with Dale is that games like this tend to be the exception rather than the rule. He tends to have a very stable and high floor, but doesn't necessarily have that consistent high ceiling. Um, so this score is probably one in every three, one in every four games. Um, albeit his ability to score around about that 100 mark isn't too bad. So nonetheless, he is a keeper. But for me, um, I like to sort of... I'd prefer to pay up for someone like uh, Doherty, who we spoke of, uh, yeah. just because as you know, Dockers now has that extra string to his bow playing CBAs um, and has the kick-ins as well. And having said that as well, with Bailey Dale, his kick-ins can be um, cannibalized by other players like Caleb Daniel and the like. So, yeah. And even Crozier, who's been playing in defense as well over the preseason. So I still think he's one to consider. Uh, and the weekend did show that he doesn't have to be reliant upon kick-ins. I don't know. No, he's, he's not. He's not for me. He's a watch, but that's pretty much the extent of it. Yeah, I agree. Um, had a he didn't get the lion share. He had two of the six. So Daniel took the other four. Um, as you said, so doesn't necessarily get the lion share. He also eerily again another similar game. Um, it's a preseason last year. I think he scored about one twenty or one twenty five. Um, so just really similar score from the preseason. I don't think it's a bad pick. I just. Not one for me personally. I think like for a little bit extra, you can get a Doherty uh, or, a, or, or a Stewart. And I think you're going to get much better scoring potential from them. And the value I don't think is is really there. Uh, moving on to a play, another player, Jack, Jack McRae, 634.4K, mid-eligible, 118. Now he had another one that looks to have benefited from the departure of Dunkley. McRae had 59% CBA, of CBAs on the weekend for the Doggies. Um, it should actually be noted, though, that this was actually lower than some of his CBAs later in the season. Um, so despite the 118, it was, which I think we saw a bit of a correlation between the decrease in his CBAs and his lower scoring. Um, if this game was in 2022, it would have been his seventh lowest CBA percentage uh, for the season. So it wasn't like he had a massive amount of CBAs. Um, but with that also being said on the flip side of the flip side, um, if Oscar Baker can uh, lock down a spot on the wing, McRae probably wouldn't be required to be pushed out there as much. Um, True. So he probably does get more mid-minutes in that sense as well. So I think yeah. he's definitely one to consider, though 
I think a lot of people probably feel a bit burnt after a season in 2022. And I do get that, but I think we can also look at that as an outlier as opposed to the rule. Yeah, exactly. His, his previous historical averages have been much higher than what he, uh, what he performed at last season. So there's enough indications <laughs> there that he is going to get back to his best, especially now that, as you mentioned, that they've got Oscar Baker uh, filling the shoes of uh, all the vacancy of, uh, of Lockie Hunter, who's now at the D. So there's less requirement for McRae to be pushed out in the wing, uh, which will put a dent or has been putting a bit of a dent in his scoring across uh, 2022. So I'd love to fit him in, as I mentioned um, when I was talking about Steele. But yeah, I think Steele is going to take his spot. And I'll be looking to hopefully bring in McRae uh, early on before he uh, increases too much in value, but really like the look of him. Yeah, agreed. Moving on to the next player who we just spoke of, Oscar Baker. Um, he's priced at 123.9K uh, as a midfielder, and uh, he scored very well, 111, uh, just out of the box. Mature Aja uh, from the Ds had a great game on the wing for the Dogs, kicked one goal, two behinds, 22 disposals, 16 of which were kicks, and had 440 metres gained, and has shown more than enough to be selected as a Mid-rookie, off your bench. Yeah. Um, and at that price point, uh, he should make bulk cash, especially if he is pushing his averages uh, up around that mark. I mean, it's a luxury if you can average uh, around about 80, 90 odd, um, or even 110 like he did uh, in this game. But watch, first of all, that he's named for round one because I still have doubts as to whether or not he's uh, knowing Bevo. He could pull yeah. a bit of a surprise and not have him named for round one. But uh, it's looking good at this stage. Looking good, looking good. Almost couldn't put him on the field as well. Mm. Um with with that, I I have him in my side, and I really hope he's named round one because uh, he's he's a good price, and I think a good potential scoring output from him. Um, moving on to the next option, it is Liam Jones. He scored a hundred and one, and his return to obviously uh, the X Dog. His return to the kennel, priced at two hundred twenty one point one k. Defender eligible, defensive eligible. Came back with a bang and a big score especially for his price point. Took 13 intercept possessions, had 11 marks and 19 disposals. He's a bit of an awkward price for the defensive line. He won't score 100 every round, I wouldn't think. Obviously was playing against North, um, which we have to take into consideration. Um, I think looking at his scoring in the past, I'm pretty sure from what uh, from memory, it was very consistently around sort of 70, 71, 72 average. Mm. Um, so I think... Um, I think if we can expect that from him, I think we'll we'll see a decent enough return in terms of um, increase in his scoring. Um, I don't mind him because um, I think if he can get get that intercept game, obviously he's got some opportunity to to, to have some big scores as well. Um, I think for most people, he's probably up against the likes of a Bowers, but can easily be dropped down to a rookie if he does fail early. Um, similar to like the Flanders example that we were talking about earlier. I do yep. think he's worth the risk at this stage personally. I've got him in my side. Um, yep. But I can equally see why people wouldn't start him. Like, I, I, again, he's sort of, to me, he's a bit like a Flanders. I don't think he'll break your side if you don't start him. Yep. Totally agree there. He's, he's very much a budget, 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 Tom Stewart. Um, yeah. In terms of the intercept uh, ability, is the one uh, thing that generates the super coach points. That's virtually it. Um, it's not possessions, none of that sort of stuff. So, and as you mentioned as well, in terms of his historical average in super coach, uh, back in 2021 when he last played, he averaged 69.1. 2020, 72. Before that, 66, 70, 77.5. So, if he's averaging that 
he should go up uh, in price a fair amount. So um, mm. off the back of that, I'm looking to start him. And yeah, like you mentioned as well there, treat him like a bit of a, a bit of a risk, calculated risk. And if he doesn't pay off early days, then you can easily trade him down to a rookie um, yeah. or a uh, Jack Bowes or anyone else uh, around about that, that mark. So I am happy to take the punt on him so far. Uh, let's move on to Tim, in- Tim English and he scored a 75. So didn't really have a game to write home about off 83% time on ground. He's priced at 581k and he's an interesting proposition now as we know what he's capable of, but he just hasn't shown it here. I think the other options may be better at this stage. Uh, his injury history and concussion concussion history in particular is a big concern as we saw last season. But having said that, he's not a bad pick though um, because, uh, you know, we do know what he can produce at full flight, but could be a bit of a risk. If you pick him, make sure you've got Darcy Cameron or Radaglia and the like as a bit of a backup or be prepared to potentially use trade a bit him. of a trade on him. Yeah. On him. Um, I think I, I'd, looking at uh, Abs Magic, the Scottfather, how he aggressively trades early on, it may seem a bit silly to burn a trade on him, um, but to sort of get ahead of the pack, if he looks like he's not uh, he's not scoring well enough, um, mm. it might be reason to do so. The only thing is with him, he's probably one of the few ruckmen with little competition in the ruck. Yeah, um, that's the one thing that really sticks out to me and is screaming pick me, but still I'm unsure as to whether or not I'm willing to to fork out the five eighty one k that that is demanding. So yeah. I'm still weighing it up. I'm not too sure. Yeah, personally for me, I think he's uh, he's gone off my radar a little bit more than I think it was before. I think to me, it's really uh, I really like Rundy to be a good option. Um, Gorn's just probably slightly too expensive for me, yep. and I do like Darcy, but again, I would have loved to see Darcy alongside Jackson. So I feel like R one's really quite a tough option this year. He's there, but he's probably not as high ranking as highly as, as he was early in the season, uh, early, early in the preseason now, but moving on uh, to Toby McLean, 178.9 K has that mid forward eligibility 45 was his score. He really did not set the world on fire. Um, I don't know. Is there something to worry about with him considering he did start quite slowly in the game? He did finish with 15 disposals at 73% and played more in the forward half um, with low meters gain, just 51 for the game. Um, you could say, please, there's two schools of thought here. 85% game time on ground um, could be positive because it means that he wasn't like, he wasn't managed. He wasn't taken off. He wasn't sort of mm. put on late. Um, but equally the fact that he had 85% time on ground and only scored 45 is, is it could be a concern as well. Um, he's a bit hard to read. Um, you could select him given that the high ownership mitigates the risk and a corrective trade to the likes of a Phil Philippou or pretty much any other rookie. Um, if he fails at worst, isn't, isn't the end of the world. Um, obviously got to consider how many options you've got doing that with, if you, if that makes sense. Like you don't want to take too many risks. I'd have to trade three players down, um, yep. after, after three rounds, after two rounds, sorry. It's, he's a hard one to read. He's a hard one to read. And I think he was one that I was quite set on. And that's kind of thrown a bit of a spanner in the works, personally. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much of the same school of thought as well. Um, no longer is he a lock in my side, uh, yeah. where he's been a lock all, all preseason. 
uh, damn preseason games just throwing doubt in our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for me at that price point, he's virtually identical to Radicalia. Um, so they may be vying for the same spot as to, you know, who provides uh, better assurance in job security and scoring first and foremost, because they are cash cows after all. I think for me at this stage, McLean edges out Radicalia because uh, he only needs to average around about 60 odd or thereabouts to mm. really make a hundred K uh, minimum. So, and he's done that in the past when he's been even camped up forward in that in that high half forward role um, without being given any CBA. So that's pleasing for me. I think I'm still leaning back on that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's that's pretty much where I'm at at the moment. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, but moving on to North Melbourne's side of things, and first up we have Jack Zebel, priced at three fifty six point four k, selectable as a forward despite the fact that he's back playing in defence and he mm. scored eighty six. And looked decent enough back in defense, but not at the level we saw him at when he played there in 2021. Took four kickouts for the Roos, which was the second most, but probably didn't show enough to warrant the pick at his awkward price. Will likely be battling it out with McDonald also for that distributor role off halfback from week to week and was actually best to buy him in this game. So for me, with that alone, um, and also Hall, which is kind of the unknown quantity, he's disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, but he was uh, he was kind of he had the monopoly on that role and still unsure as to what is the go there. But with the, with those two guys and then Hall factored in, yeah, he's a, he's a no go for me. Yeah, I think there's too many players sort of vying for that position because you've also got like Gota um, who yeah. sort of plays a similar similar sort of role. I don't know if he played it. He, he could play that similar sort of role. I don't think he played it as much in this game. Um, but there's just a lot of players vying for that role. Um, I think it's probably time to look past Zeeble though. 356k is really awkward. I think you've got much better value in other plays. Like I'd rather a Bruin, a Bruin, sorry, at that price in your forward line um, instead of a, a Zeeble, if you ask me. Um, I'd rather take the risk that way. I think kind of goes to your point. His Bruins a player that's about to break out as opposed to, a, 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 I guess, a, a longer term player. Um a veteran trying to re reinvent themselves, I guess. You know what? I'd even take Z I'd take five over Zebel. Yeah, that's true. Yep. I'll be the like, same. I, I think exactly. that's a better, better option. Perfectly yep. honest. Um, yep. good, good call. Ben Cunnington, next option four nineteen. Okay. We're just getting really awkward prices here, aren't we? Midfield, yeah. mid forward eligible 79. Again, not a score that really enticed me. I, I was always a bit unsure about Cunnington um, and considering he did have a decent split of mid time to forward time, taking 69% of the CBAs for the ruse, but 27 CBAs. So it must be 17. Sorry. It's 27. Yep. Seems like a lot of CBAs, yeah. <laughs> 69% <laughs> for the ruse at his price. You'd be hoping for a much better score um, than a 79. Uh, I think it's hard to pick him with that. What what he's shown so far. I'm happy to be proven wrong though. Like mm. I really want Cunnington to go well, um, but I think there are better options at slightly higher and slightly lower price tags here. So I think again, it's like a, a Bruin is probably a better, a better price. Um, a Z, uh, sorry, a Golden's a bit more expensive. Like <sighs> I think there's probably better options than Cunnington, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah. Totally agree there. Uh, he, he factored in early, early on for me, but yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's just better options if there weren't as many other as good options or better options, I think I would, uh, I would be taking the punt, but yeah, even, even with Fife, who's, yeah. uh, what's 70, 
80k cheaper or thereabouts. I'd I'd be willing to go with uh, almost 100k or thereabouts. I think. Yeah. Um, I'd be willing to to go with Fife uh, to save that coin ahead of Cunnington. Should have a similar output, I think. Anyway. Uh, moving on to Harry Sheasel, uh, a higher priced rookie at 198.3k. And he scored quite well with 72. Mm. Quite surprising. Followed up his match sim with a decent score right there. Uh, was thrown around from forward to behind the ball uh, like he was in the uh, in the intra-club, which even saw him take one kick in. Interesting. Yeah. He had 21 disposals, kicked one goal one, and had just the one turnover for the game. So super impressive. Comes at that higher price tag, but looks like he could be a decent scorer. But most importantly, with solid job security. So I really do like what I see with Harry Sheasel. I only factored in uh, as of two weeks ago for me. Yeah, um, likewise. Just, just seeing how he's going in terms of the uh, intra-club and match sims. And I've almost seen enough now to, to warrant selection. But like I mentioned earlier, uh, he's kind of vying for that same spot as uh, Sam Flanders. So mm-hmm. uh, the stupid sexy one, I think, may uh, edge him out. Unfortunately, yeah. Likewise, I think I, I like what she's was what I've seen from Sheasel. I'm also liking that Clarko's throwing him around. So mm. what I think the positive thing there is is that if he's stationed up forward and he's not getting near the ball, it looks as though Clarko is going to be willing to throw him back to get him in, into the game. So he's yep. not going to lose. I think he'll he'll get decent scoring games based off that, which is a positive. Um, so I actually quite like this pick if. If, as you said, like a, a Flanders doesn't work or if you've got enough cash somehow to have both, um, it's I actually quite like the Sheasel pick right now. Um, even at his higher price point, I normally normally wouldn't go for a player at 198.3K, especially in the forward line. Um, but he's looking good. He's looking good. Moving on, Luke Davies, Uniac, LDU, 557.4K, mid-eligible, obviously. Only scored the 55, which was quite disappointing, to be perfectly honest, um, especially considering his time on ground and CBA percentage were both very, very high. Finished the game with um, a game-high 87% CBAs for um, for the Roos from 90%, uh, with 90% time on ground as well. We probably put it down to the fact that he was up against a strong dogs midfield, but when you've got the likes of Tom Green and even Tom Mitchell – tanning up at similar price points. It's really hard to make a case for LDU when you see a score of 55. Um, I, I mean, you have to look at his run at the end of last year. He was scoring very, very well, and I think that'll continue. Um, and I think it will come good as probably the season starts even. But it's just a risky pick now based off that exposed form, which I don't like to say. I mean, like everything's like, again, everything's coming up nil house for, for, for Luke Davies Uniac. When you look at his CBA percentages, time on ground, he should be scoring really well. Um, yep. And I, I think this is maybe an outlier as opposed to the, as opposed to what we'll expect it week in, week out. Yeah. Similar to, uh, as we said, Jack Steele and Parrish, but yeah. just taking it, taking it easy, man, taking it easy, getting up his feet and, and just, uh, just cruising through. Um, let's move on to Will Phillips and he's priced at 158.3 K as a midfielder and had a high CBA percentage, uh, with a 48 and, um, but I only managed a score of, uh, of that 48, which I mean, it likely came from his low disposal efficiency, which was 35% more than anything. Um, it's well below his career average of 71.1. So you'd say that this score is hopefully an outlier more than anything. Um, again, preseason, uh, blown off the dust. 
mm. uh, in the rust uh, and the, the, the like. And I think as such, he's still a decent pick and we can expect higher scores in the season proper. So, you know, uh, I think everyone's going to jump on him. He's a, he's mature a body now. He's should get the ample opportunity. Um, so yeah, for me, uh, lock and load. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, he had 62% CBAs, which was a positive for him, but I think he's still a lock and load. I still want him in my side. Um, I think he just maybe won't be one that I feature necessarily on field from round one. Having seen a score of 48, I might, again, it's rookie roulette. Like mm. started Oscar Baker, who scored 111, watched him score 32 and Phillips go to a hundred. Well, at least it's on my bench, you know? Yeah. So like it's rookie roulette, but sometimes you've got to go with the exposed form. Um, but yeah, I don't think I'm not too scared. I'm not scared off by the Will Phillips pick, having looked at his sort of the stats and understand the, the fact that his disposal efficiency was quite low considering yep. his career average, which is only one season old. Um, he obviously missed last season and played two seasons ago, a few games. So not a massive sample size, but enough for me to say that the 35% is probably not, not his best. Um, moving on to another high-priced rookie, and that is Josh Gota, 192.7K, has the defensive and midfield eligibility, scored just 46, and and probably another underwhelming score from a potential high-priced rookie. And Gota had 12 disposals, one tackle, kicked a goal, and went at just 58% disposal efficiency. This being said, it's not too far off his disposal efficiency, although it is only a one-game sample size from last season, which was 66.7%. So it's not looking as though he's a, a massively good user of the ball. Um, pleasingly, though, he was trusted with a kick out, um, but there would still be some question marks over his scoring potential and his job security. So probably at this stage, I'd probably give him a miss at that price point. Yep. No, I totally agree. He hasn't really factored in for me at any stage um, just because, yeah, just because of, of Jay-Z yeah. and McDonald um, in that similar role. Too much competition, I think. Yeah. And he's 30K cheaper than um, than Liam Jones, who I yep. trust a hell of a lot more. Absolutely. Yep. Seasoned uh, player and more strings to his bow with that intercept marking. Exactly. Uh, let's move on to the last game, and it is the D's up against the Tigs at Casey Fields. And first up, the big old Maxi Gorn, the bearded one. Uh, he's priced at 622.1K, super expensive, but uh, potentially, <laughs> are you paying for the quality? Are you paying yeah. for quality? Because he absolutely tore the Tigs a new one with 153, uh, his score for the day. And it begs the question. And the reason why we're just throwing it out to the uh, to the kind folk that are tuning in uh, as a part of the uh, the 500 subscriber competition, mm. are we sleeping on Gorn because of the inclusion of Grundy? Well, potentially, there was a pretty even split in ruck contest between the two, with Gorn taking 44%, Grundy 40%, and McDonald the other 16%. But I think one thing we need to consider is Gorn's past scores against the Tigers have been quite favourable. And they go to the tune of 123, 147, 163, 145, 134, 151, 160 since 2016. So despite his huge score, we may need to temper our expectations as the Tigers seem to be a bunny team for him. With that being said, I'm not as concerned by the Grundy and Gorn combo as I once was. And if Gorn spends enough time in the forward line, he could end up uh, for the season as a top six forward. Again, Liam, you've said here, you've quoted what madness. Absolute madness, I know. It's crazy. Who would have thought that we'd be able to select, <laughs> select in our wildest of dreams 
gone in our forward line. Wow. That's, that's nuts. Amazing. How expensive is he going to be to be able to do that as well? That's going to be the issue. And just, just thinking about like, if you're starting with the likes of Dunks, Rosie, Taranto, uh, a Cogs or a Slasher Goulden, mm. um, you've got two spots there. One, which will be filled up by Gorn. Who fills the other spot? Like there's going to be, um, and I actually know he's feeling well because there, there isn't that many other primos to choose from. Mm. Um, might be Gould. Might- it might be Dunks, Rosie, Taranto, Goulden, Cogs and Gorn. Maybe yeah, that's that six. could be a, that could be a six. Mm. Oh, geez, it's going to be a welcome, a welcome sight seeing him in our forward lines. <laughs> Amazing. But um, based on that, do you think we could afford to pick him with that in mind? So that him being, being a forward, yeah, being him a, uh, potentially being a forward, yeah, being a DPP selectable forward player. Um, it's a real high price to pay, I think, from the get-go, uh, starting with him as your R1. But to help understand it, maybe it's a good idea to look at his early run and his most recent scores against them. So he plays first up the Dogs, 147. He scored Brisbane, 74. Sydney, 198. West Coast, 73. Essendon, 117. And the Tigs, 123. Or counting this game, 153 in the preseason. So I don't know if that helps or scares us more, but uh, considering his break-even of 113, he could be going up. He could also be going down. He could be going down. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? I'm actually Uh, really concerned by this one now because it's almost made me want to pick him as a ruck, knowing that I can move him into the forward line. But at that price, that's a big price to pay. But then you look at his early run and I'm like, he could be going up in price. <laughs> like, yeah. But oh remember as well also that if he does come out and absolutely pants the dogs in round one, that big score, say, say for example, out first, he, yeah. it drops out. It only stays in his price cycle once. <laughs> yeah. So it's not the end of the world. If he comes and has a blinder, um, it is probably a little bit more scary if he comes out as a blinder against the Lions and the Swans in round two and three. Mm. But... I mean, it's just all a guessing game. Who knows? Um, I think it's surprising. I thought they they would have kind of negated each other in a sense because they'd be leeching each other's points from each other, yeah. um, sharing the ruck duties and stuff. I know Gorn um, has shown now that he's able to kick goals. Uh, he's good, Mark. He's, he's hard to push off the ball. Um, yeah, so maybe maybe we are sleeping on Gorn. But I'm will, I'm willing to to not start him. Um, yeah, save I think that I am too. And spread it out across the rest of my team, and then aim for him and just hope that he's gonna he's gonna drop in price. I think, and then I can select him as that as that that forward. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think, I think I'm gonna sleep on him. Yeah, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I don't think I can. I don't think we can afford to pay up for him at this stage. Um, because it's really only a one-game sample size, but we've seen that massive mm. score. He did kick three goals as well, which he won't be doing week in, week out. No. Um, I don't think he's strong enough forward for that. Um, his mm. kicking is very erratic as well. Like we yeah. saw even on the weekend, there was a, a couple of shots that he, he should have converted. Um, so that is still a knock on his game when played up forward. So I think there may be games there where he's completely inaccurate, which may work in our favor for those yeah. non-owners. Um, and may see his price drop um, yeah. as opposed to playing, you know, full-time ruck where he's got that that buffer and that high floor that comes with it. So exactly. yeah, I'm willing to use Gorney as my pillow as well and sleep on him. That, that, that exactly. little cushy, comfy beard. 
Agreed. Agreed. Uh, let's move on to the pink sweaty pig, Clayton Oliver. Clary, 699.8K, midfield eligible, 95 was his score from the weekend. Now, he had the equal highest CBAs for the Ds with 20, uh, which was 65% for them, and had 85% time on ground. And he looked absolutely unhampered by his finger injury from last season, which I know a lot of people were concerned by. Um, which is good to see for him. He had 31 disposals and surprisingly had more kicks than handballs. I think that sort of surprised me a little bit more than I think it, I don't know if it should have, um, but looked to also play behind the ball early on, switching with Brayshaw among others. Uh, positively, he had 634 meters gained as well. His score wasn't massive, but I think we know what we can expect from Clary. I'm personally probably fading him um, because I think we can expect an early tagged game that would see him drop in price. We see it pretty much year in, year out where he has one game where he gets tagged, drops in price massively, and then we can all jump on at a, at a cheaper price. Um, but I guess the question would be if the switch to halfback is a potential tactic that allows him to shake a tag while still continuing to have an impact something to note i guess um i'm not too concerned by not starting him at this stage i think 699 k i'd rather start land who doesn't really have that tag like isn't really tagged as much uh, and that's kind of where the logic has come from in my side personally yep i've done the exact same thing believe it or not i know i was i was uh ranting and raving about uh you not having the uh the pink sweaty pig and me gorging on crispy uh bacon but in this case, I am very much the same. I think I've said enough from Laird to. I feel like it's it's kind of you. You want the, you want the shiny new toy that you don't have, and yeah. that's Laird. Um, and I think Oliver. I'm happy enough to hold out hope, even though I love him as a player, but hold out hope that he gets tagged and has a bit of a downer in one of his price cycles early on, where I can I can jump on him. Um, so yeah, very much the same there. Uh, moving on to Brody Grundy, he's priced at 512.9K and he punched out a score of 81. Looked like it was going to be uh, much higher than that early on because he was absolutely killing it like Gorn. And like mentioned uh, when we're chatting about Gorn, he had a pretty even split of ruck Oof. contests with 40% and looked hot early, kicking three goals. But he did suffer from low time on ground with just 69%. Oh, the old dinner for two, which is Oof. a concern. Strategy-wise, will Melbourne look to sub Gorn or Grundy off potentially or at least limit their minutes if they are well in front um, or if they need to inject some speed into the game? I think the ability to swing them between forward and ruck probably affords mm. them um, a bit more flexibility that they don't have to rely on subbing either player. Um, yeah. But who knows? Later in the season, they may uh, employ that just to sort of manage their minutes and, and their, their fitness base. Um, I think this game presented more questions probably than answers to the Gorndy conundrum um for both players and uh i was i was very bullish early on i almost uh i probably prematurely fired a shot <laughs> with grundy uh because i was uh, i was liking the look of what i was saying but uh, he was not playing so much now, but, he looked really yeah. good big score early and then i think really kind of went off in the second half um i think a lot of his time on ground was reduced in the second half um also just quickly can we not like did, I think it was channel. No, I think it was the AFL. Were like, what's what's Gorn and Grundy's nickname? Is it Gondy or Gorn? And I was like, serious, like seriously, that is such a wrong question. Everyone knows it's Gondy. Ah, <sighs> Gorn. Really? 
What? How ugly does that sound? Grawn. It sounds like some sort of villain. Yeah, I'm it sounds sure like some sort of cartoonish villain. Yeah, Grawn. Seriously. Anyway, that was just total side point. But uh, oh, Grawn actually is a place in Michigan, uh, in the US. So there you go. And oh, oh my God. Oh no. Urban Dictionary. Oh, Grawn. No is the space between a woman's breasts usually used when it is such a great sight that it can make men faint with a single glance. Let's, let's use it in, in a sentence. That girl's, that girl has some epic groan, dude. Hits the floor. How is that a thing? That, okay. that makes no sense. Okay, yeah. there we go. So uh, I'm going to move on from that. I'm going to leave let's that Let's never alone. use that again. That's almost what he did to me. evidence as to why we should not use that. Well, you could consider me being seduced by a groan, Ugh. by Grundy's groan. Okay, let's, no, let's move on. All right, moving on. Angus Brayshaw. Uh, priced at 550.3K. Thank you, uh, dude. In defense, uh, he is, uh, well, he, he fired off that uh, 77. I'll pass it on to you. <laughs> he played the majority of the game time in defense. At 96% of his time in the defensive half. And attended just four CBAs for the game. Now, I think at his price, it's a weird one. I think he's not awkwardly priced, but I think there's just better options that are more expensive. There's better options that are slightly lower priced, like a Ridley. So I think he kind of just, it's kind of no man's land in the sense that I think you either just don't pay up and you probably get someone that's going to average at least as well, if not better. Um, and then you pay up and you get someone who's definitely going to pay, uh, going to average better. And that's going to be a doc, uh, Dawson, pretty much any of those sort of players. So yeah, personally, I am not on board with the racial pick at this stage. Yep. I'm very much the same. I think, uh, like to see how he plays when he's in the midfield, but now that that isn't happening and they've actually given uh, CBAs to Cozzy Pickett who actually yeah. looked really good on the weekend. So uh, you'd think that will persist. Yeah, was um, interesting. Yeah, so really like that. Um, but yeah, no, we'll pass on Gussie. Uh, moving on to uh, just around at the Ds, Judd McVeigh. McVeigh. Yeah, interesting name. He's priced at 123. <laughs> I do say so no with, with a name of Damon. Uh, <laughs> what an interesting name, Judd McVeigh. Yeah. Uh, as I, as I talk from my uh, bloody, uh, what are they called? What tower? Ivory tower. Ivory tower. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> He's priced at 123.9K, selectable as a defender midfielder, but uh, he only scored the 23 and mm. looks to be in a void at this stage, uh, even though he was touted as an option on the back of Salem's delayed start to the season, but didn't seem to flourish. Had just four touches in his 81% game time, so just not good enough, unfortunately. And due to that, probably a pass at this stage. Yeah, Bowie really looked to flourish, I guess, without mm. Salem there. Had a big score. Probably not one I'd pick. Difference no. with, like, Bowie's too high-priced. McVie, if he could have taken that role, obviously, even though it would be based around when Salem came back, um, it's really just about McVie being a rookie and being able to make some cash. I don't think Bowie's is not going to benefit Bowie enough um, for the season. Uh, but moving over to the Tiger side, uh, I'm going to skip over Baker because he's done it again. He's had an yeah. absolute blind during the preseason, and uh, we can all guarantee it's going to burn us later. Yep, um, never you know, again. You don't want your Baker burning your bread, and uh, oh. that's what we're going to get from him. <laughs> Very good. Very oh. good. And, and, he, and he burnt our bread numerous burnt. times. <laughs> 
both of us. You had him as well, didn't you? Did yeah, you jump did. on him as well? As yeah, me? I jumped on him at the same time. Stupid exact same answer. time. Um. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Tim Taranto. Hopefully he won't burn us. Um, uh, priced 503.1K, mid forward, 124. And I think, again, he was one that I was a little bit worried about. The, the score of 124 saw enough mid and warrant picking him. Uh, increased mid time alone, gave him plenty of opportunity at the uh, at the, at the Tigers uh, with 20 CBAs, which was 65% um, for that, for, 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 the, for the Tigers for Richmond. Um, he went at 76%. Um, for his 33 disposals and kick to goal, which is pretty good for him. Uh, not the kicking the goal necessarily, but 76%, the fact that he's got it, got it decent. I feel like mm. we all call him a butcher. Um, so mm. not too bad there. Um, but I think you can lock him in your side now with, with certainty um, and feel pretty comfortable with that pick. Yep, 100% lock and load. Don't stuff around there. Uh, and to round us out, Finally, we've come to our last player, Liam, and geez, we are both absolutely yeah. exhausted. Um, but hopefully you've uh, you've appreciated um, us troopering on um, as we ran into our, well, just, just past our third hour consecutively. Uh, and it is Jacob Hopper. He's priced at 332K uh, and he scored 93. Mm. Pleasantly had the most CBAs for the Tigs as well with 25, uh, 81% and showed plenty. Has the opportunity and at 46% ownership is low risk if he fails despite his awkward price tag. If he's in your side, keep him there, I think. Um, what about make us a... Can I move him to setters? Ooh, you can if you want. If you if you want to be different, if you want to live dangerously. Mm, I do like to live dangerously sometimes. Mm, you do. I will live vicariously through you if you do so. I'm oh. brave enough to do that. I'll show you. I'll, I'll, yeah. <laughs> not enough. I'm not do that at this stage but uh we'll see yeah yeah well uh that rounds us out for uh the third and final mm. uh mini slash mammoth whatever we're calling it uh episode uh of the um match simulation analysis mm. uh pre-season game analysis as you both look towards the upcoming official start season. the season yeah kicking off really um so got a week off with that got a week off yeah but we'll, we'll still be coming we'll come back the we'll, dreaded um, buys the buys before they even the season oh, starts. The buy exactly. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jeez, you gotta factor that in as well. Oh, <sighs> thankfully they'd have to use any trades. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> Get some practice in. Just just trade blokes out of your team, just switch them yep. out and yeah, no, don't do that. Um <laughs> but yeah, we'll be coming back. Maybe doing a final reveal of our teams, Liam. Yes. Uh that'll be a, a nice nice gift to the yeah. uh to the kind folk of the Supercoach community. Maybe just we'll answer see. some questions as well. That's a Put good some idea. Questions out there. Yep. Last um, Throw open the floor to the people, step up to the microphone and uh, give us your best. Yeah. Give us your best. Um, let us know. Reckon that'll be good. Yep. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's the forecast for uh, the week ahead. <laughs> yes. And uh, let's let's just jump to the socials. If you want to keep abreast of our socials and uh, we'll keep, keep you up to date. Keep abreast. Oh, my God. Keep growing. Growing. <laughs> <laughs> To keep a grown, keep, keep a grown of our socials, as uh, we'll be uh, we'll be posting updates and news as it comes to hand. And of course, if you want to join in the discussion, and and this is where I think we'll, we'll throw the we'll throw the floodgates open. You can ask us some questions. Um, yep. Next week, we'll we'll put it out on socials and feel free to comment. Make sure you're there um, on Twitter at supercoach underscore edge, Damon at Damon J eighty eight, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore ninety five, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at supercoach edge. And um, I know for mine personally, if you 
uh, and for the Supercoach Edge account, if you do want to send through any teams um, to have a look at, I'm I'm happy to have a look and, and give you any advice that I can see. Um, we'll do our best to get back to you. Yep, absolutely. And we've done it before, but again, a massive thank you to Abs Magic, who we've mentioned throughout the episodes, mm. uh, otherwise known as Godfather. He did help us on our way to surpassing that 500 mark. So whoever, uh, or those five people that we draw out of a hat, um, maybe your uh, top 1,000 and what was, no, where did you get the Supercoach hat? Somewhere. Uh, yeah, hang on, let me find it. Whatever the uh, hat is, we're going to draw oh, it out of the hat. Virtual, that virtual hat. There it is. Uh, draw it out of that hat. 1011, that's right. The secret 11 herbs and spices, courtesy of the Colonel. Um, but yeah, thanks to Abs Magic for helping us yeah. get over that mark. And um, any new subscribers we, uh, we are fully appreciative of um, because it helps us, um, I guess, solidify in our minds that we're doing something right and you're drawing our yeah. content. So. Thank you so much for doing so. And thank you so much again to Abs Magic for his help over this preseason. But Liam, shall we do it? Shall we sign off and hit the, hit the sack and then... Um, right off into the sunset. Right off into the sunset and then uh, The sleep. sunrise, sorry. Right into the sunrise at this stage. Oh, yeah. Very, very good. Anyway, with that, uh, before we get uh, committed into the asylum, uh, we will see you same time, same place next week to do it all again. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys.